Such a special time to be a South African this month, isn't it? With Heritage Month officially kicking off and everybody tapping into their creative cultural sides. So much taking taking place on the periphery of this important month and I think it becomes important to reflect on what makes you uniquely South African. Where do you fit in? Um, you know, what heritage gems would you like to share with people of other cultures and other uh, religions across the spectrum? So that's what we want to... F- throw our focus onto right now as we I think officially commence Heritage Month here on Newsbreak Talk and I think we decided this week to go with something a little bit critical but at the same time you know paying homage to origins and to history and to legacies and to um, culture and we want to ask the relevance of Indian origin languages in a modern South African context. Does it have a space? Is it still as cherished as it used to be? Um, You know would you rather your child learn an Indian origin language, a different language, many languages, you know, where is the longevity of these Indian origin languages carrying forward into the South African spectrum? I'd love to know your thoughts. And I also wanted to really find out from um, the people, the young, the new generation who are spending a lot of time now learning their mother tongue and ask them, what is the relevance of learning this mother tongue in a modern South African context? And many, I have to say, really put it into perspective with some impressively intelligent answers. I went to the Sylvester Secondary School in Phoenix, north of Durban. I spent some time with some learners there. Um, I started off by speaking with Suvasha Ganesh, who's in grade 10. She learns Tamil at Sylvester Secondary, and she says, it's not a question about what you're going to do with the language, but rather how it makes you a more vastly knowledgeable individual. How relevant is the Indian language of Tamil in modern South Africa? I think what's really important is that many children, a part of our generation, have forgotten their roots, especially with the Indian culture, and we aren't that much inclined as we should be with our heritage and cultures. I think that like, for our generation and youth, I think it's particularly important for us to be able to date back to our roots and understand our culture and our languages. So take me through the challenges that you then face, you know, as a modern South African, possibly not using the language of Tamil at home. How challenging is it now to learn this language? Um, It is quite difficult, but I think I've been able to adjust because I've learned it from a really young age because I, besides learning Tamil at school, I learn it outside of school as well at the Sri Amparamal Temple. Like it's a specific Tamil school. So I think that I've been able to adjust to it, but it still is really difficult being able to understand certain things and grasp the knowledge behind it. If ever there's a criticism that what are you going to do with Tamil in South Africa, how do you respond to that? I think it's not much about what you're going to do with the language. It's about the fact that you actually know your culture and heritage and you're able to understand what your ancestors went through to get this far for you. But more, I think it's just about you being able to have that sense of cultural identity towards and to be drawn towards your religion and form some sort of relationship with the people within your family. But I... I think that even in terms of it being able to be used in South Africa, it's just about you being able to be a more vastly challenged person. So you're more versatile in the languages that you speak, you're more versatile in the way that you think, and you're better able to understand the way in which languages and different cultures interact with one another. We live in an era in South Africa where we're told to create this own unique, modern South African identity. By learning Tamil and understanding more about that culture, what is it doing for your own identity as a South African? Is it making you more Indian origin inclined or are you also broadening your horizons by embracing the South African spectrum? I think it's both. I think it it allows me to draw closer to my roots of being Indian but secondly it just allows me to get a better understanding of the fact that South Africa really is a diverse nation and we really come from many different cultures and religions and I think that's something that's very important. It just gives you a global perspective of like the way in which religions interact interact and the various languages that exist within the society. Mm-hmm. Could you say something in Tamil for me? Um, yen payer Subhasha Ganesh. What does that mean? My name is Subhasha Ganesh. Subhasha Ganesh, they're very happy about um, learning Tamil and I think an interesting point was a total eye-opener to me. Um, it, it just 
expansium and you know learning a particular Indian origin language that may not necessarily be spoken in South Africa expands a mind to understand the way other uh, linguistic groups, other cultures, other people work. I think that was a pretty Im- impressive point from her. Uh, we also then spoke to Muhammad Inayat Adam. He learns Urdu. He says it helps him form closer relations with his family's origins. So you're learning Urdu. Maybe t- talk to me about why you think Urdu will be relevant in a modern South African context? Because like um, my family, they, uh, like my grandmother, she should uh, talk Urdu. My family wa- uh, should talk Urdu. But then we want, uh, we became English like uh, speakers. So I want to understand the language that my grandmother and in terms of maybe understanding more about you know your personal heritage, how is learning Urdu enabling that? Uh, I want to learn more about um, Urdu because it because like in the in the olden days they all should learn specific languages, and my family learned Urdu. So I want to know that that uh, language to understand it, to know how they should talk and how they should communicate with each other. In a modern society, specifically when you're young, sometimes it's it's considered a little bit, I'll say it, sometimes it's considered a little bit uncool to know your language, to study your language or to, you know, really um, wear your cultural identity. How do you view that? I feel that it's really cool to know your own uh, to know your own language. It makes you unique. Talk to me about your friends and stuff. Like, do they also have an interest in learning their uh, their mother tongue? Uh, yes, most of them do. And that was Muhammad Inayat Adam. So we spoke to Pratiksha Anganu, who's learning Hindi. She says there's most definitely a space for her language in South Africa because this country's hallmark is diversity. Why did you make the decision to study Hindi at such a level? Okay, so first of all, I come from a family where my mother and father are both Hindus. So I was uh, like um, exposed to this language at a very young age. And uh, as I progressed on with the language, I discovered that I liked it. And that's the reason why I chose to do Hindi, so that I can, you know, value my religion and what my parents uh the culture that they gave me. Mm. I mean, it's an ancient language and it comes from India. Mm. Do you think it's still relevant in a South African context? Oh, of course, yes. I feel that uh, every South African, they are individuals and each individual has their own um, culture and religion and they should um, embrace it, speak the language, uh, follow the traditions. Where does that leave then the South Africanness that you know is tr- is trying to be created currently? I feel that South Africa is a country where they um, accept a variety of cultures and religion, and that's what makes South Africa South Africa. So by learning more about who you are, I don't feel that it's taking you away from being an actual South African. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does learning Hindi and more about your North Indian heritage enable you to educate and explain yourself to uh, people of other cultures who don't necessarily understand your origins? Hindi is a language where they mainly based on morals and um, ethics. So for me to bring forth that ethics onto other people and the stories that I've listened to is quite a good experience because not only can you learn from it, you can be inspired from it as well. I think a final question would be, um, you know, how would you encourage you know, more South Africans across the entire spectrum of South Africa to spare thought and also understand that you as an Indian origin person also has a heritage, a language and, and an identity and that they should maybe take some time to respect you and your origins. With South Africa, you have diversity and uh, each person should take time to learn about other people's cultures, religions and appreciate it for the fact that it makes South Africa beautiful. It makes us diverse culturally and even racially. And uh, by appreciating each other, we can, each other's cultures and religion, we can learn to appreciate the person better. Great. So what could you say, what, what one sentence could you say to me in Hindi right now? Um, my name Pratiksha here. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, having some fun there, talking about Indian origin languages. This was particularly interesting for me as well because I spoke to a group of Indian origin learners who have chosen to learn Isi Zulu as their second language. Kaylee Govind is in grade nine and she says she decided to learn Isi Zulu for her future at university. So you're learning Isi Zulu currently. Talk to me about why the decision to take Isi Zulu as your second language. Firstly, I think it's a learning experience because it's something we never did before. It's nice to learn new things and I think that in university we are, it is compulsory to learn Isizulu as a semester. So with that little bit of knowledge, I think it'll take us further. Has it been challenging to learn a new language? Yes, very challenging because it's something we never did before. No one else understands Zulu in my household so it's basically like I speak to myself, learn on my own, self-explanatory to myself and... There you go. That was uh, Kaylee Governor talking about her decision to learn Isizulu. Deidre Ravikishan says learning Isizulu makes her more proudly South African. You're learning Isizulu as your second language now. Does it make you feel more proudly South African? Yes, definitely. Explain. It's like uh, we get along more with the Zulu learners and stuff. And how do you think it's going to uh, prepare you to be a more socially integrated individual when you grow up? now that you can understand this language. Uh, to be honest, it makes me feel intelligent. 15-year-old Ashwarya Jagru says learning Isi Zulu will enable her to understand those around her better. When you talk about um, studying Isi Zulu, how do you think that is realizing the rainbow nation that everybody talks about? Honestly, learning Isi Zulu is very praising and understanding when they speak is very important. And I'll just be happy and proud to be part of this nation of speaking Isizulu. Yeah. This world mostly rolls around Isizulu, and I'm proud to understand that. You know, um, that's very important because often, I think specifically with the Indian origin context, there's this thing about where do I fit in? Am I Indian? Am I South African? Is my language Tamil? Is my language, you know, Isizulu? By learning Isizulu now, what do you think that is doing for young people to have a bit more of an identity? Well, learning Isizulu is like being part of our nation. Because South Africa and, you know, it mostly revolves about Isizulu. And being part of that is very, very important. So I suggest that young Zulu learners, surely, and especially Indians, learn this learning so they can be part of this nation together. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Isizulu and knowing it is really important. And especially why you write. Is it, why is it because, as you said, the president coming to our school and asking us and speaking us in Zulu, I'll be proud to understand him and answer him in Zulu. And plus, it's really, really, again, feeling very intelligent to know Zulu and speaking to him proudly. Yeah. So you don't have this mindset where you would say, but it's not my language, you know, so I don't need to learn it. Yeah, but it doesn't mean if you, it's not your language, you mustn't understand it and try to learn about it. Because again, it's helping you. And I love learning new things. And I suggest for younger learners, they should be learning this too, especially Indians. Where does it leave, your, uh, where does it leave you then with your Indian origin language? You know, you're learning Isi Zulu because you say it's going to help you integrate more into society. What about Indian origin languages? Where's the place for that? Since we're in South Africa, we should be concentrating on the subject that's revolving around this place. And that's Isizulu. So I'll be better off learning Isizulu right now. Talking about being South African, that was uh, a learner that we spoke to, Ashwari Jagru, who's learning Isizulu. I spoke to a uh, learner, and this was the, I found this really interesting, so I really had to do this interview. How about this? Prince Mishi is a Zulu boy raised in a Zulu family, but he chooses to learn... Afrikaans. Coming from a Zulu family, why did you choose to learn Afrikaans, which is, you know, not your mother tongue? No, because I, I wanted to try something different. Like, because if, like, it's the language that I learn, if I learn another language, it allows me to, like, uh, learn about another culture that is not mine. Because when you speak a language, it also allows you to learn the culture. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how hard has it been to learn a new language for you? Uh, it is difficult to learn it, but you have to, like, put time and effort into doing it. Yeah. And uh, how do you think that's going to help you, you know, how are you going to use it at any point in your life, Afrikaans? Yes, I will use it uh, to communicate with people that are able to speak that language. And also, like, it will be easier to, like, understand those people because if you understand the language, you understand the ideas and where they come from. Afrikaans sometimes criticized for being a language that represents a past era of South Africa, specifically apartheid. Um, How do you feel when you 
consider the heritage and the history of Afrikaans, knowing that it was the language that, you know, many say represented apartheid? No, I think, like, it's the time that we move past all of that. And then because now, like, we have moved past the apartheid time, it's the time that, like, we accept the language that, and we learn it and it actually, like, uh, understand, like, the culture because we've gone past the period of time where, like, apartheid was, it, was there. And, like, now we need to just to move on in life and, like, understand, like, the language. Can you say anything Afrikaans for me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think those are like the first words in any language, right? So I spoke to Tamil educator Rani Naika and she explains that learning an Indian language is not only so that you can speak it, it enables you to imbibe an ethos and philosophy that society today so desperately needs. Learners are very, very eager to learn um, Eastern languages um, right now because... They're not exposed to it at home, but they do understand that it's part of their culture and heritage and their past. And because they don't have this opportunity to learn it at home, and the fact that they, ha- they are given this opportunity to learn it and be exposed to it for free at school. What does it do then for the learner? How does knowing their mother tongue enable them to become better citizens, I think? That's a very good question. Um, I think the lack of uh, models and values and respect amongst the uh, younger generation uh, and even some of the not so younger generation stems from the fact of them not having learned their culture and heritage because the basis of learning an Eastern language is learning models and values. For example, if you're learning Tamil, you don't just learn to read and write Tamil. We have books on morality that are part and parcel of the lessons. Um, The books that were written like over 5,000 years ago and uh, children are taught values from those books. It's making a difference in the lives of those learners who are, who are actually taking on the languages because they're learning the, the, um, the models and values and everything. Um, and hopefully it can be extended to, you know, to more learners who... Um, we, we're just hoping that more learners come on board and, and try and learn it because it makes them better citizens, better, better children, basically, not just... Um, on the, to the country as a whole, in their own homes, with their peers, with their elders. How have communities realized the need to protect their mother tongue? Um, I think, you know, every day when we take up the newspaper and we start to read all these things that's happening in the newspapers, and I have to say this, sadly, uh, every headline that pops up at us has Hindu surnames. You know, and, and you ask yourself, where did we go wrong as a community? Um, you know, it's it's... If you look at it, the, the, when, when, it, when you see a headline that says murder or, or some crime thing, it's always uh, a Hindu surname. And I'm not being sectional or, or um, you know, uh, when, when I'm saying this. Uh, but we actually did go wrong uh, where we started to let go of uh, the importance of our culture, the importance of, the importance of our society learning, our community members learning the language. And when children get too modernized and move away from it, and they get too westernized, you know, that's, that's what happens. Um, they sort of don't care about what happens. And that was Tamil educator Rani Naika talking to us. Well, there you go. You've heard of how everybody perceives and approaches their uh, mother tongue and uh, how they, you know, wish to create a place for it. And also the emphasis now from the young generation to learn Isizuru, a language so predominantly used here in KwaZulu-Natal. Let's talk about the heritage of language now. And I'm very happy to have in studio uh, Dr. Raj Gavanda. Vanakam, doctor, thanks for your time. Vanakam, namaste, namaskaram to you and the listeners. Yes, all of that. I think it's a, it's a special time, right? This month is specifically important for South Africa. You know, throughout the year, we see a lot of abuse and I think trauma with regard to social cohesion. It seems like during, you know, September, it almost puts a band-aid over it, you think? Yeah, you know, I think that's why the powers and the leadership uh, in 1994, when the democracy was born, one of the most essential things was to ensure that the heritage and the culture language, religion of people must be protected. Mm. And uh, that is why they've created Heritage Day on the 24th and Heritage Month being September because they realize that we live in such a diverse country with so many different languages, religions, cultures, etc. that it is important in September to pause Mm. and reflect on the diversity so that we can showcase and and share our culture, values, etc. And I think, uh, you know, schools more especially uh, where they are for, uh, you know, where the children are in the formative stage in their life, schools must use this as a platform to ensure 
that the heritage or the diversity is promoted. And I think uh, I'm so happy that some schools, they do have yeah. a culture day where they have the cuisine, costume, uh, yeah. language and everything uh, promoted so that they can share with each other. Yeah, you know, these things are, are I think, on the periphery. They're superficial almost, you know. Um, but it, it really creates an awareness. It markets it. And I think that's a great thing for to imbibe and to get into people. But let's get straight into the discussion and ask you, you know, that debate, are Indian origin languages relevant to South Africa in its modern context? Yes, and I've listened to all those lovely comments about those kids from Sylvester uh, Secondary. And I must say that the language of our culture, of our heritage, and that is the different Indian languages, are there for a specific purpose mm. so that we can understand our roots better, we can understand our cultural traits better, because the more uh, you know about your language, all the activities that you participate in, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a christening ceremony, whether it's a ritual that you're taking part at home and so on, you'll understand it better. So it doesn't become fossilized anymore because you're sitting there and a priest or Brahmin is asking you to repeat after him. And if you don't know what you are repeating, it doesn't become very realistic. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that for the purpose of understanding our culture, heritage, etc., it is very important to know the basics of mm. our Indian language. You know, an amazing takeaway that I, uh, I got from doing this research on the field was um, many people told me that it's, even if I never speak Hindi or Gujarati um, that I've studied or that I'm learning, that's okay. But via the process of studying the language now, it's opened up my mind to Eastern philosophy. It's taught me lessons from my religion and my culture, which going forward makes me a better South African. So learning my mother tongue, which, you know, I may not be able to speak much, maybe, you know, in a legal context in South Africa, but it's really creating an ethos of me understanding how to be a better South African. Now, there's two very important things that emanated from the discussions you had with those students or learners from Solvesta Secondary. Mm. One is where there was an emphasis of learning your Eastern language, whether it's Tamil, Urdu, Hindi and so on. Right. Now, I, I was brought up in a background. I come from a town in a Gauteng called Benoni mm. and I uh, was taught Tamil I can read and write Tamil because I attended the Benoni Tamil school board classes yeah. but it was not during the normal school day right. it was after school mm. right. extracurricular yes it was after school from 3 to 5 every day we went to Tamil school now similarly there's some remarkable organizations here in South Africa that's currently doing the same thing for example let us take the Mirbank Tamil School Society in Mirbank they have two buses and they pick the kids after school English school, they call it. They pick them from the homes, take them to the Tamil school in Mirbank, MTSS Hall, and they teach them Tamil, mm. right? Then the Hindi Siksha Sang does the same thing. Then we have similar things taking place in Benoni where they have buses taking the children and taking them to school, as well as uh, the Bhairavi Sangam in Springs. Now, these are best practices. Why I'm emphasizing on this, it is that community organization have an important role to play. Yeah. We cannot depend wholly on the normal school to, to teach Tamil and so on. Because Taresh and listeners, it's about the numbers, right? You cannot have two children doing Tamil, right? And to employ a government paid uh, Tamil teacher to teach those mm, children. Mm. So we're talking about it's like a numbers game. If you have yeah. sufficient numbers, yeah. then the school yeah. can offer it. You know, that very process you're talking about, the various organizations and, and, and uh, linguistic schools um, creating that. I think the point I'm making is that it creates a, a level of discipline for that learner. They've got a new decorum, a new discipline to follow. Uh, the lessons and the subject matter in learning the language itself leaves them with a great deal of, of um, you know, ethical practices. Yes, because it's not only the language that you learn in a Tamil school or Hindi school or Telugu school or whatever. You are learning your culture. 
The, they, they are teaching you how important it is to do certain religious practices. You're learning to sing songs from the Teavarum and the Arutpa and so on, so that you could sing at funerals, you could sing at functions and so on. So, so it's a holistic learning. Now, you cannot achieve all that in a normal half an hour in a school. Mm. You understand? Mm. That is why it's important to have a dedicated three hours at extracurricular, at an organizational level, more will be learned, yeah. and then your children will be given. Now, even remember something, some of the children go to private schools and they go to Model C schools. There you won't find any Tamil, Hindi, and so on. So at least that provides an opportunity for those parents to send the children to a, a, a Tamil school or Hindi school, yeah. etc. You know, the, the Tamil educator that I spoke with, Rani Naika, she says that if you look at it, and, and, and she cited the fact that there's so much of... Um, um, crime and grime taking place in our local communities. Um, you know, one has to, one can very much agree with that. I mean, we research that topic here on Newsbreak Talk on a weekly basis, and we know the kind of issues that take place in, you know, so-called former Indian origin communities. She's saying by creating this understanding and, 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 and getting in touch with the ethos of an Indian language will benefit communities and children to be more socially responsible. Excellent. Explain that point to me. I'd like you it's to expand excellent. on it. I'll tell you why it's important. Because during the three hours when you go to this extracurricular school, the parents are setting a very, very sound foundation for you to be diverted from the social evils in society. Because what happens nowadays, when the children come from school, they're either socially in recluse by playing PlayStation or other games and so on. They are not doing anything profitable. Mm. However, if the parents have enrolled them into one of the vernacular schools, then there's three hours of guaranteed learning and guaranteed diversion from the social evils. Mm. So, so I think that's what she meant. Mm. You know, uh, that, that these schools provide very, very good platforms for training them in moral values, that's ethics, etc. It's a good point to reflect on taking the current climate that many bemoan. I mean, they call through the talk show and they always talk about the fact that this is a situation in local communities. And I think, you know, from what many are saying, there are, suge uh, you know, um, suggestions available in communities. But let's shift from Indian languages. And of course, we're going to spend more time on it, uh, you know, but just to bring into the point now, we spoke to learners who are also very eager about learning AC Zulu. Yes, you know what? I am thoroughly impressed with the viewpoint of Aishwarya Jagru from the school that you interviewed, yeah. where she said she's learning Isizulu and it is paramount to learn. Now, we're living in this particular province, KwaZulu-Natal, where the bulk of the, the majority of the population here is Isizulu. If you are becoming a doctor one day, and if you knew the language, you will be able to treat your patient better because you will communicate in the language they understand so that you can do justice to that Zulu patient. Yeah. Similarly, if you're a lawyer and you are representing somebody of Isi Zulu origin in court, you don't need an interpreter anymore because you alone can interpret your, your, your client. So it's functional. Right? So it's functional. And whether you're a businessman, and you know, you go to some of the shops and so on, and you find the businessman speaking in Fanagalo Zulu. You know what I mean? Why? Because they want to communicate best to the customer so that they can give the best deal or service or provide the most efficient service to the customer. So by Ashwarya saying that we need to learn Zulu so that we can be able to understand our people better, she hit it on the head. Yeah. So it is very, very pivotal. And I can't understand for the life of me why people would rather choose Afrikaans because they claim it's easier to learn than Isi Zulu in schools when they're having a golden opportunity. I'm in the Department of Arts and Culture and my lack of knowledge of Isi Zulu places me in a very difficult position. Yeah, yeah. Each time I go to a function, like this weekend was the Reed Dance Festival in Nangoma, 40,000 Zulu maidens were there. And, and if you don't understand the language and the culture yeah. and so on, you cannot participate effectively. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that we need to understand. Now, similarly, yeah. you go to Eastern Cape. It is important for the kids there to learn Kosa. Yeah. Doctor, is there this... Is there still a line then between the two? You know, um, I mean, w w we've spoken to many and, and, and it seems like it's, it's, it's becoming a little bit, um, uh, the lines are becoming a bit more blurred, which is a wonderful thing. You know, it means the Rainbow Nation 
uh, realization is almost taking place. But I want to ask from you, is there a sense that there's still a mindset where, you know, I'm Indian origin and I'd rather learn the Indian origin language and not Isi Zulu? Or is there becoming this new trend now to learn both, to do both, to imbibe both? There's nothing wrong in, in doing both. I'll tell you why. Now, you know, recently UKZN, right, have made it compulsory in the first year of any course that you do in UKZN, whether it's a BA, a, a medicine or whatever, it is compulsory to do Isizulu as a communication language. Mm. Now, if they did it from school level, they won't have a problem in university. Now, there was a huge uproar by students that were enrolling at university. They did not want to learn Isi Zulu, but they didn't realize the importance of being able to communicate in any business enterprise or any professional yeah. enterprise. So, yeah. so it's better to learn it from the school. And, and there's nothing stopping you from enrolling at MTSS or Hindi Shiksa Shang or somewhere to do a vernacular language. Mm. Well, both are quite beneficial, isn't it? On that note, though, I'd love to hear from you. It's 089 We are talking about the the uh, relevance of Indian origin languages in South Africa. And we also spent some time talking to some Indian origin learners who are learning Isizulu for the functional aspect and to learn more about South Africa, to integrate more into South Africa. What are your thoughts? Let me know. And we're also going to go to WhatsApp in a short while. Um, yeah, call me 089-310-8789. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. You know, I think before the program even began today, we got a WhatsApp voice note from a Darshan Naidu. Uh, I think it's Darshan Naidu in um, Johannesburg. Let's listen to what he has to say and hopefully this voice note plays. Okay, I'm just having a bit of a challenge then trying to play some voice notes on the show. Uh, Darshan Naidu from Johannesburg, please call me and if you could reiterate what you uh, voice noted me and we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, waiting for your call. But we go now to, uh, we start with Mrs. Govinda. Hello, Mrs. Govinda. Hi, uh, Suresh. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, something so very close to my heart, uh, not only because of my language, but all languages are very, very important in life. If you look at it, uh, Teresh, we are born in a speci- uh, specific family, specific religion, language group, color and all. That was chosen by God. You and I haven't chosen that. So individually, we have to respect the language that we are born into. Let's find a solution now for the uh, youngsters that's coming up now. Uh, from a very... <laughs> five languages to a child. By the time they are eight years old, they will be able to communicate and relate to each other. They, I mean, rafting and all that might take a little bit of time, but they will be able to communicate and understand. That is what one of the research I've heard and read about. But most importantly, it is the communication between each other that brings about peace, and understanding. And that is what people don't seem to... It is, it is such a beautiful way to communicate with each other. When I speak your language, it goes straight to your heart. Mm, wonderful point, Hi. Mrs. Governor. I think I'll, le- I'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for that. Mrs. Governor, I just want to be, before you leave the line, I just want to say, in terms of getting young people more interested, what do you think is the correct way to do it? I think uh, our preschool, starting from our preschools and from early uh, uh, grade ones and all these children have to be interested. And after school, if the department is not giving us time to give the child that one-hour lesson once a week, which was possible in the past and children did successfully well, why can't we bring it in? But if that is not possible, then the community on the whole must get together and use the school premises like MTSs and other schools, what they're doing, where languages are uh, brought forward. While the parents are waiting, the parents, are, some of them are even doing the language. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Great suggestions, Mrs. Governor. We'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much. I want to get through as many calls as we possibly can. Selvin on the line. Hello, Selvin. Hi. Good afternoon to you, Taresh. Welcome to Dr. Raj Governor. Taresh, I'm going to be very brief because you're going to have lots of callers. I'm going to concentrate on your main point, how the cultural integration helps the government. I'm going to start off by saying 
Kudupurum Karumbuk Karun Kadutul, Vadu Vandru Vendru Tolul. In translation, it means if a king and the government protects the subjects from outside aggression and justly punishes those who commit crimes, it is no fault of the righteous government. So that's uncalled the Tirukuru. So as at Nike, your lady was speaking earlier on, he yeah. said language incorporates philosophy and religion. Yeah. 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 So that's the Tirukuru. That's very good. And Dr. Gavinder brought out most of the important issues. I would just like to bring one quick important issue. The purpose of the chair, the Harvard University of the United States, has incorporated Tamil as a classical language. But I'm so sad. Why? Because it has not been used in a mutual, uh, prestigious university and other places to do translation and uh, researches. But the Harvard University, the Americans are using the Tamil researchers to do research and methodology. So that proves to us that although Tamil is the oldest language in the world, we should not be proud of that. I should be more proud of the Islamic children that goes to madrasa after school. That's why Dr. Raj Gaunde made an important point, thanks to the MTSSR. I am also yeah. guilty. We need to continue learning Tamil. And the most important issue is, I'm proud of the two children you interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Selvin, thanks for your call. Yeah, Selvin, thanks for your call. Selvin there. Let's go to Sanesh from Pine Town. Hello, Sanesh. Atavesh. You know, recently the trend has been a lot of the Zulu languages and other black languages being enforced on different uh, areas or different uh, sectors of uh, South Africa. And I think more specifically talking about medicine today, uh, Zulu is like becoming compulsory and people are wanting have to study it in order to continue their degree and so on. But out of the, the norm, you know, which is a smaller percentage in South Africa, the greater percentage which is impacted by uh, daily living, daily households, is people that work in corporate industries. What you'll find is that recently, over the past few years, since the economic decline in South Africa, sub-Sahara Africa as a cluster has now diminished and dissolved. It's now moved to greater Middle East Africa. With greater Middle East Africa, the controlling hubs and head head offices have moved from Johannesburg through to Dubai, Pakistan, India, Turkey, and so on. And with me, you know, being one of the people who's in this type of industry, I tend to learn more Turkish, more of the Indian language, more Swahili, and more of uh, Arabic. Uh, unlike my local languages, you know, being the, the black language, is Zulu and so on, uh, it's like very small percentage used in these days. So, you know, in years to come, uh, Zulu might only be uh, for like a, the, the smallest percentage ever in South Africa, the greater is going to be Arabic, Turkish, and, and uh, a certain part of the other countries in Africa that's going to uh, govern this country. Mm, interesting point, Sanesh. Thanks so much for that global perspective also adding to the mix. Daniel on the line. Hello, Daniel. Good day. Very good topic. Mm. Uh, what I would like to say, you know, I am very proud that, uh, you know, language has been, uh, before it was segregated, I'm talking about 40-some odd years ago, uh, Indian, Tamil never got on and so forth. But now through the years, the they have come together, and there's no more segregation. And I believe uh, the Indian language, like we started in, in our home, my dad, my mom, and my grandmother started teaching Tamil in our home. We had a two-bedroom garden and a lounge, which they used as classroom to teach children. Yeah. And I tell you, out of that very school, where we started our basic Tamil, came Mala Lachman from Radio Lotus, and also the late Rosie Governor. We all studied mm. together with our basic Tamil. And I believe uh, that the community and the home should do that because our generation, my nieces, my nephews, and our grandchildren are studying Tamil as well because it starts from, the, from our parents, our grandparents, to parents and down the line. And we need to do that within our community. Yeah. We can't expect the government to do everything mm. because if you look at so many languages in this country, it is difficult for the government to teach all those languages in school. But we as parents and the community should take uh, initiative in training our young children and getting them uh, interested in that. And mm, yeah. Great point, Daniel. I'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for that point. I, you know, I, I think it does start at home. You know, while you, you know, encourage the first English words with your child, you can also encourage some vernac at home. So I think that really sets a, a great foundation. Let's go to Narend on the line. Hello, Narend. Hi, Narend. Hi. Hi, Narend. 
Yes, Naren, can you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Naren, if you could speak in English, I'd really appreciate it. I'm only asking English, how are you? I'm speaking in French. Yeah. No, I, 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 if you ask me in Hindi, I'd reply. So, the reply will have been Savat Sebien, which is I'm very well. Yes, Naren. Three things, actually. One is from the cultural point of view, what about Sanskrit? From a business point of view, what about Mandarin? Because China is basically taking over. And of course, English is still international language for commerce. I'd like to, to hear what you're Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Very wise. Very, merci, I think. That's from French. I could leave you with that. Louis Pillay on the line. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Good afternoon to you, Dinesh. Good afternoon to your guests and the listeners. I respect all your callers that found in, and you know you've got to move forward in the outcome of it. If you take teaching in schools, like the Tamil vernacular in the classes and in the class, some schools, look at all those children, what, you, what becomes out of them? You know, they have so much of respect. Now, respect you need to talk about. People haven't spoken about when they come out of these classes, how much of respect they have and the values they have. Same with Girls Guide and Boy Scout. Those are the children that, that knows their future and they will actually run South Africa because they've got so much of respect in them. You know, if you look at that, I think, you know, we were losing out in some of the schools not having the vernacular classes. Thank you, Daresh. Uh, Thanks so much, Mr. Play. Let's go to Mrs. Padiachi on the line. Hello, Mrs. Padiachi. Hi, Hi, Teresa. How are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for calling. Thank you. I love your program every week, eh? Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I'm just phoning in, Teresa, to tell you that, you know, the Tamil culture is beautiful and the Telugu and the, and the, and the uh, 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 Gujarati or Urdu or even the black. But let me tell you something. We're coming now into our Pertasi fasting. And yeah. nobody says that we must go out and fast. It comes within your heart and your mind. You can't be eating meat and chicken and fish and everything the whole year. Mm. You understand what I mean? Mm, I get the point, yeah. Yeah. So it's up to you. And I tell you, the Pertasi fasting is really wonderful. The day you finish on the 17th of October, you feel so good. You feel you want to celebrate Diwali. So nobody is, is uh, saying to you, you must fast. Let's take the Christians. They give up Lent. Let's, you know, the Muslims, I take my hat out for them. Their children yeah. from small, they learn to fast. I think that's a great point you're raising there about, you know, the whole aspect of what these religions teach you in terms of, of um, you know, I think being better individuals. And that's ultimately uh, what uh, the, the lessons we took from when we visited these learners. Salim is on the line. Hello, Salim. Hi, Salim. Salim. Okay, I think we lost. Hello? Hi. Hello? Hi, Salim. Salim. Hi, Scali. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I just want to say, man, hey, lovely, lovely program, and Very mm. knowledgeable and interesting. I've been a human, I've been around, mm. and uh, I thought when you advertised, uh, you know, during the week that language is going to, you were going to give this the subcontinent of India, the, uh, the, uh, the number of languages spoken in India itself, and, in, and, and the dialects of our Indian language, if you had somebody, you know, one of your guests, man. Yeah. Just enlightened us. Probably okay. in another program. I think that's a good Thank idea. You. Very interesting sure. program. Right. We'll do that. We'll, we'll keep that in, in mind. Okay, so lots coming through. I want to go to WhatsApp quickly. Um, and just go to WhatsApp quickly and read some of our comments coming through there. Um, but when we well, let's just firstly go to some ads. And when we come back, we'll go to WhatsApp and we'll wrap up our conversation with Dr. Tangavelu. We're about to wrap up our conversation, but let's go to the on the line to Darshan quickly before we go to WhatsApp. Hello, Darshan. Vanakam, Tarish, Matram, Yellowkam, Vanakam, in the Jayasbarg, in the Darshan, I do a letter. Vanakam, Darshan. 
that is, there is no other topic that makes me so passionate. You see, the Tamil culture and the Tamil language is my strive in life. It is my passion. And yet I am only 17 years old. Wow. So every country has a language that the majority speaks. Like here in South Africa, it is Zulu, Afrikaans, and English. But if every person in the country says that since those are the majority languages in the country, that they will only learn those languages, then what will happen to their mother tongue is what is prevailing in today in the Indian community, which mm. is a decline in the number who speak the language. So you see, my solution is not saying don't learn other languages yeah. like Zulu. Yeah. I am saying first prioritize your own mother tongue language. Learn your own language first. Teach your children your own language first. Then with pleasure, learn other languages. That way, the minority will start being the majority. Thank mm. you, Tarish. Wonderful, Darshan. Thanks so much for that insight. 17-year-old, hey? Quickly to WhatsApp, let's go to, um, before we wrap up our conversation, I've got a text coming through from um, Ramba. Uh, I love to learn Zulu. We are mixing with people. I talk Zulu and I understand them. Hey, that's so great to hear. Um, got a message from A. Rambaran. Uh, children ha- that have knowledge of their mother tongue or religion are humble, more respectful. They understand and obey their religious rituals and be of help to seniors and all people, even of other linguistic groups. To greet the vernacular is such a humbling experience. Thanks so much for that text. Um, we've got a Ganesh Pillay, Durban Beachfront. Excellent topic. Hindu language is important to understand our culture and religions. I was interviewed, but the uh, I was interviewed, but the interview... Sorry, Afrikaans, why do Indians not know what Afrikaners are essentially? So I think uh, an understanding as to the history of language there. Thanks so much for that. Uh, let's go to Rajan Rajkumar. It's imperative for every Indian to know one's home language. One should be able to read, write and speak their home language. Are the present generation shy, ashamed or simply lazy to learn it? We are influenced so much by the West that we feel embarrassed to learn our own home language. Um, the time has come for Indian languages to be incrementally introduced to our schools. Um, thanks to Mrs. Gavinda and Dr. A.M. Pele for teaching us Tamil at the Karvastan Temple. The youngest is 10 years and the oldest is 65 years. That's, you know, that comes back to what Dr. Gavinda was telling us about um, the whole aspect of um, community organizations taking um, the lead here. Uh, thanks for a great show. I'm so excited that the youth are willing to learn their mother tongue. And for those young people, um, we all, they are well adjusted if they do so. And um, yeah, that's where we're going to have to leave it. Encouraging points coming through, Dr. Govinda, Dr. Raj Govinda, of course, joining me from the Department of Arts and Culture. Um, I want to talk talk about this. You know, I think Sanesh explained it, and we even had Naren talking about it. The languages you should know: one for life, one for business, and of course, uh, Sanesh talking about you know learning Turkish and Arabic languages for business and and, and a global perspective. You know, explain to me the value then of language, of knowing a language that is specifically needed in a space that you're at. Yes, in fact, uh, the globalization of this entire universe is very, very important. Now, I've come recently, I've been in India, and I must say, even in the rural areas, I was hoping to hear people speaking in Tamil or Hindi or Gujarati or whatever, but they were speaking English and they wanted to speak English because... The, the, the argument is that everybody around the world speaks in English, so we must learn to speak English. And we have a serious problem even in South Africa, whereby the Isi Zulu parents are so worried that the children don't want to learn Zulu anymore. They want only English. So, so uh, we, we need to understand and be realistic that there is a global language that we all need to know. You know, and um, and when I went to Turkey um, and I met some students and they are constantly in communication with me. Why yeah. are they communicating with me is because they want to learn English. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 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 we need to understand. But, you know, in assessing all the callers, there is a clear indication yeah. that there is room for learning our mother tongue. Mm. There is a definite need and we need to, uh, you know, uh, remarkable, uh, we need to observe the remarkable achievements of organizations. And two weeks ago, the Clearwood Tamil Institute, for example, they launched the vernacular Tamil classes for the community. Mm. So if more organizations are doing this, yeah. then we'll be able to cater for that 
heritage languages. And I have to say, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of organizations that are doing it. You know, I've been a lot of have approached me and said we need some sort of discussion on this. I know there's uh, uh, some online classes uh, that are being spoken about from from I think it is in Hindi. So there's a lot of work being done. You know, so I think Dr. Governor, we started off our conversation and I asked, and the question was. Are Indian um, origin languages relevant in a South African context? I think at this stage we've answered that question. Yes, they are relevant. My question now becomes, um, you know, how do you how do you um, how do you keep an Indian origin language relevant in a South African context? Yes, by speaking it at home, right? A communication type of language. And you know, we always uh, tell people that if you want to keep your culture and your language alive, then what you need to do is to have like a tea party at home, a high tea with some like-minded people. And uh, the condition during that cause of that uh, social interaction should be that you speak only in Tamil or only in Hindi right. or only in Telugu. Yeah. By doing that, you're promoting, even if you're speaking in kitchen Tamil or the most basic Tamil or Hindi or whatever, then at least you're keeping it alive. So yeah. we, we need to encourage more of these get-togethers yeah. where people with like-minded uh, you know, linguistic groups come together and they can speak their language. Yeah. You need to look for innovative ideas. On innovation, on innovation, how do you integrate the two then? Being proudly South African and celebrating South African um, indigenous languages like Zulu, like Kosa, like, you know, attending reed dance. And at the same time, going to your um, Gurukul, going to your, you know, Tamar school. How do you, you know, serve both ends? Because it I, could be challenging to yeah, balance, in fact, right? It is very challenging. And that is why this month of September has been formed as Heritage Month, where schools, universities and so on must have culture days, people dressed up in a traditional costume. They have traditional cuisine, uh, one day Indian food, the next day Zulu food, Afrikaners, poiki kos and all this stuff. You know what I mean? The more we do that, then we will be really uh, uh, satisfying our diversity in this country. Because, yes, we need to acknowledge that. South Africa is a very diverse country. But on the other hand, as a parting shot, I need to uh, uh, mention this to especially the minority cultures. The Commission for the Cultural Promotion and, uh, of Linguistic, Cultural, Religious Rights are there. If you feel that your language, your ancestral language, your heritage language is being marginalized for some reason or the other, you can go to the Commission for Assistance to protect you. Yeah, I think that's an important point to end with. Well, Dr. Governor, thanks so much for your time and wish you a very happy Heritage Month. I know personally it's going to be a very busy one for you. Yes, it will be. Well, I'm sure we could have you in studio again to talk about this no, at some you point. No, you will anytime. Well, there we go. That We'll have to leave our conversation there, our conversation on the relevance of Indian origin language. I think now the issue becomes how to keep it relevant and make it relevant within a broader South African context, how to integrate the two. So this broadcast came your way courtesy of the team, executive producers Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi and Tashlin Naidu. The team's going to join you again between 6 and 7 tomorrow. From me, Tadej, hey, have an awesome day.